Everyone, I want you to take a moment right now. Take a moment. Take a moment and welcome yourselves. Welcome yourselves and those around you to this week's episode of Electric Leftovers. Yeah, it's Thursday again. It had to happen. Wasn't anything we could do to avoid it. <sighs> Especially really unprofessional things like that. But, you know, that's why you're here. You don't want the glitz and the glamour and the polish. You don't come here for that. You come here because it's indie. You come here because it's... <clears throat> because what you're getting, and let's be honest here, what you're getting is pretty much just straight up, you know, you know what to expect. A lot of hums and haws and ums and errs, and you like it. You're accustomed to it. You're comfortable, right? That's why you're here. Because it's like, you know, pajama pants or something. Anyway, uh, over at the website, <clears throat> got some new stuff going on. Um, well, kind of new, kind of not. There's new dust, obviously. We have some more Treasure Hunter G. I still have not gotten any commentary done for Bat and Oh, I just remembered. Oh, I'm a, I'm a bad friend. Please forgive me. Please, please forgive me. I'll get it done. I'll promise. I will promise someday that I will get it done. Uh, we've got some Final Fantasy IV from Jade, some Shimon Gummitons, a Nocturne from Ragnats. Um, the first of the Mario ROM hackery for the month is up at the website, and that is my first episode of Super Mario Bros. 2, the Ridley X version. Also, you will find uploaded a old Let's Play of mine for a game called The White Chamber, which was a point-and-click adventure horror kind of game. And here's how that came to be, ladies and gentlemen. I am in the midst of a project I am calling the Great Thumbnail Upgrade trademark. Um in which I'm taking every video I've got uploaded on this on the site. All of them. And I am changing all the thumbnails, I'm making them more uniform, more consistent. So it's a little easier to spot if you're not on the site already, if you're just kicking around YouTube, you'll be able to tell this is a low bias gaming video. By the thumbnail. Just looking at it, right? Kinda handy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I've got eight Brazilian games to do. Um, no kidding. I've got all of my games backed up on a hard drive, an external hard drive. I'm 175 on there right now. And that is not all of them. That is most of them. That is not all of them. Um, so I go through each one of these, and they're all alphabetized, and it's really nice. And I say, okay, let's play Abidox. I need a thumbnail. I make a thumbnail. Boom. I go to the YouTube, I upload it, boom. As I'm going through my list of what's uploaded on YouTube compared to what I've got on my hard drive, I'm noticing that there are some discrepancies. Some games I have online that are not on my drive, some games I have on my drive that are not online. As I come across those, I'm going to be downloading them, putting them on my drive, and I'll be uploading them and putting them on the site. Um, one such game is going to be Torchlight, which I think is hosted over at my personal page. But I want it to be on the Low Bias Gaming page, so that's a thing that'll be swapped around. But it's going to take... Excuse me, my goodness. It's going to take a little bit of time, but it's going to be well worth the time when it's done. I think once all of mine are done, I will be working on um, everyone else's games, which will be fun because I won't have this nice list of everything um, and because not everybody updates the personal page like we want them to Scarlet I'm looking at you and because I did it for you last time and Jade I'm looking at your page right now and kind of the same story yeah Jade does, just goes back to his YouTube um, I don't know what Ragnats is none of this but you know he can do what he wants to do with his page uh, because that's how it goes. His looks like it's fairly up to date. He he gets a little more into the um, organizing than everybody else does. He's got like, here's 
complete and current games. Here's co-op games. Here's monthly games. Here's requested games. Mine just has current, complete. We got a little upcoming thing, which has a very nice, if I may say so, very nice little uh, carousel kind of thing going on. Which, oh God, I gotta finish that too. Um, so many projects. So, so many projects. Um, yeah, there's gonna be new Killer7, there's gonna be new everything. I'm still working on Killer7, getting it done. I've gotta update my personal page a bit now that I'm looking at it. I did some things uh, while I was working on the carousel and I need to put them back the way they were. Anyway, we got that going on. Over in the forums, our good friend Jade, he's one of them guys that's into these amiibos. I don't know what an amiibo is. I thought it was like a single cell organism that like you studied in biology, but apparently it's a big deal. And there's like amiibo scalpers and black market amiibos and blood amiibos and amiibo diamonds and I don't Leonardo DiCaprio's involved somewhere, I think. Um, speaking of we're all waiting for it. Hello, phone. We're all waiting for it. We weren't ready to admit it, but we know that someday, somewhere, viewers, there's going to be a Donald Trump movie. And because Leonardo always plays an angry white man with a lot of money, he will be playing Donald Trump in the, the Donald Trump story. Leonardo DiCaprio is Trump. I'm sorry, but you you knew. You just were scared to admit it. Anyway, um, apparently there's a big thing. And he's got this, like, amiibo checklist. So it's, so it's like Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart and Hyrule Warriors and Captain Toad and Splatoon. I don't know what any of these words mean. But it's a very pretty list. He's got some red ones and some blue ones. Blue means I own it. Red means I don't. <clears throat> he says, he's got a lot of blue. He's got a lot of red, but he's got a lot of blue. You go, my friend. May your reds turn to blues someday. Uh, for now, though, anything else, you're just going to have to go and take a peek. Because, you know, I can't hold your hand. the archives we've talked about adventure islands and bases and bayou billies today let's talk about alien versus predator yeah the game not not the movie was it a movie was it a book i don't know it was a game uh during the 25th century viewers if mankind is still alive uh oh apparently they are mankind has colonized many planets one of these New Shanghai, strange creatures have been discovered. A whole planet called New Shanghai. These aliens cause much havoc. Oh no. New Shanghai initiates a distress call to other planets in the galaxy. A cloaked ship belonging to hunting creatures known as predators intercepts the message. The predators on board decide that these strange alien creatures may make worthy trophies for the collection. And then a really boring beat-em-up happens. Um, not a super great game. It's from Jorudan and Activision in 1993 for the Super Nintendo. Um, I gotta tell you, a lot of beat-em-up games have been played by yours truly. A lot of them kind of pretty boring. This one's kind of pretty boring. And it's because, and, and this is kind of like Golden Axe. You know, everybody's like, Golden Axe, that's a great game. Love me some Golden Axe. Then you play it like, oh, I love this game. It's so boring. It's because there's no variety in it. They, like, give you different stages, but it's... You move right, you beat things up. You keep moving right, you beat more things up. That's how these games go, right? 
And generally, if you've got a side-scrolling action game, as you go from stage to stage, you want what you're an into to change with you. You know, you want different enemies in different stages, but you don't get that in this game. It's the same, like, four or five stock enemies in every stage, and the bosses are a little bit different every time. Uh, I tell you one thing, though. It does make for some pretty entertaining commentary when I have... Let me just read these episode titles for you. Episode 1, Punch Punch. Episode 2, Sad Dinosaur. Episode 3, Like a Blade Movie. Episode 4, Little Platform. Episode 5, The Power of Simon. Episode 6, Let's Play a Game. And now you know. You should check it out. Uh, if you're into kind of obscure little beat-em-ups that are based on movies, um, could this could have actually been a entry for the um, Bad Licensed Game Month on uh, Low Bias Monthly, but it's one I did beforehand. Consider it a solid runner-up. Our good buddy Ragnats has decided that he wants to help us with a review review uh, by suggesting one. Um, so we're going to head over to the old game facts and see what's up there. Oh, poll of the day. Do you still own a Super Nintendo? Yes. Is it still hooked up? No, because I had to take the cable out to hook my Wii up. Nope, but it is out there. Um, he... suggested a couple of games here, but I'm going to go with this one, because I think it's, it's well, I don't think, it is much better known. So, we're going to go with this, because it will be easier to find reviews. Mm, that was my um, blink in the faces of evil impression. Mm. Uh, let's see. Detailed reviews, full reviews, and quick reviews. I don't even know why they sort them like that. The Minister of Silly Walks says one of the best NES games. 
But he gave it a 10, so we don't care what he thinks. Clearly, he has been paid off by the people over at SNK. And now Ragnats knows which one it is. Ragnats knew what it was as soon as he heard the NES part, but... Uh, let's see... Solid action RPG, nothing more, nothing less. Officil gives it a 5 out of 10. And here's the spoiler, Crystalis. This crystal is a little cloudy. I not. 5 out of 10. Well, we're going to open both of these. Uh, I not has a very basic little breakdown. So does Officil. Officil used bolding. Um... You know what? We might do both of these, because iNots is pretty, like, here's a thing, here's a paragraph. Office Hills is a little more in-depth, and I think we've done one from Office Hill anyway. Anyway, solid action RPG, nothing more, nothing less. A Crystalis review by Office Hill. Crystalis, Crystalis is an action RPG developed by SNK. Many consider this game a cult classic that could actually sell more if it weren't for a game that starts for, with The Legend and ends up with something like Zelda. In a way, they are right. Crystalis was completely overshadowed by the Zelda frenzy, even though it's a far better title than some other games I could mention. However, I fail to see why people love it so much. Crystalis has some great, for the time, innovations. It is a solid hack-and-slash-adventure title, but also has some serious flaws that prevented me from worshipping it like most people do. Story, 6.8 out of 10. Oh no! Decimals. Presentation, 5 out of 10. Oh boy. He's doubling up. Alright, so I could rate the plot of Crystalis a lot better because it's one of the few NES games that actually had a plot. The problem is how the game moves on, leaving the actually average plot behind. The intro is probably the best part of the game and also looks good. Since we learned that after a great destruction slash war, the world was nearly destroyed. So now what's left of humanity tries to survive in a post-apocalyptic world field with fierce mutated monsters. Field with fierce mutated monsters. The people have built a high-tech tower in the sky to prevent any future disasters. An evil warlord comes forward and starts wreaking havoc to the already half-ruined world, and it is then when you, the hero of the game, comma, wakes up from his cryogenic sleep and try to stop him. Now, while the game starts quite good throughout Crystalis, the plot takes a backseat, leaving you to do certain simple stuff in order to get stronger, but never really learn anything special about the world you'll try to save. So while the game starts quite good, it soon has become a kill-the-bad-guy RPG with little character interaction of no importance. Gameplay, 4.5 out of 10 replay value, 1 out of 10. Crystalis is like any other top-down Zelda-type action RPG adventure game with only one big difference. It focuses mainly on the action portion of the game, something that on its own isn't bad. In fact, many people didn't like the adventuring part of the Zelda game, so this game would be perfect for them. If only it wasn't so boring! The game isn't exactly broken, although some bugs do exist. It's a relatively solid title with some good stuff to say about it, at least for the time it came out. First of all, there are tons of items to find, unlike the few items available in the first Zelda games. However, none of them are really anything special. There are many swords you can use, but the only real reason to swap between them is to kill enemies that can be killed only with one of them. A boring process that will drive you insane in dungeons with different kinds of enemies inside. Problem number two, your character moves a bit way too fast, making it very easy to get hit while you run around like Sonic the Hedgehog or something. Problem number three, problem number three is talking. Problem number three, the game is extremely linear and there is almost no reason to explore. Usually, when in a dungeon, one road will lead to an item, the other one deeper into the dungeon. No fun puzzles or anything special like in The Legend of Zelda. However, I can get past these problems, sort of, if only there wasn't another one which put the nail on the coffin for me, making me to stop playing it before completion, something that I rarely do. What's this problem? Grinding! You see, Crystalis is one of the few action RPGs of the area would you, era where you would gather EXP by killing enemies, but the whole advancing system is ridiculously flawed. Two reasons. Number one, you can only kill some enemies when you reach a certain level, and number two, you have to do a lot of grinding on some way too easy enemies to advance to the next level, making the game stupidly boring. So Crystalis, thanks, but no thanks. 
Graphics, 7.2 out of 10. Design, 6.8 out of 10. The game starts with a wonderful and almost cinematic, for its time, intro. Then you see your hero, who looks like a heroine, to say the truth, emerging from a wonderfully designed sci-fi cryo chamber. Crystalis shows you from the very start that it's a very good-looking game, with its nice and big sprites and colorful world. There's a small problem, though. While most areas and creatures are nicely designed, they lack character. Pigmen and forests, swamps and insects, mountains and golems, insects and caves. Good-looking, but blunt and forgettable. All this, of course, is my usual nitpicking. The game looks good. End of story. Sound, 6.8 out of 10. Music, 5.2 out of 10. The sound effects are just fine. What would you expect from an NES game of its time and nothing more? What you would, excuse me, expect from an from a NES game of its time and nothing more. The music, however, was a big disappointment. Honestly, I expected more from a cult classic title like this. Why? Well, none of the tunes were good at all. Simple, monotonous themes that not only were boring to listen to, but would get annoying too fast because of their length, which I think never passed the 20 to 30 seconds threshold. Prose has a better plot than most NES games. Solid action RPG with many items to find. Good graphics. Cons. The plot takes a backseat throughout the game. Linear as hell. Movement way too fast. Boring grinding. Need to reach certain level to move on. Boring and repetitive music. Also play Castlevania, the GBA series. Golden Axe Warrior for the Sega Master System. The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Super Nintendo. The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, Game Boy. Overall, 5.4 out of 10. Crystalis's cult magic never touched me. In my opinion, it is just a solid action RPG of its era that needed a bit more polishing to become enjoyable. But you know, cult stuff only appealed to some people. Maybe I just happen not to be one of them. Reviewer score, 5 out of 10. Originally posted June 17th, 2011. Crystalis, solid action RPG, nothing more, nothing less. A review by Officil. Now... To the meat. I had the potatoes. Let's move on to the meat. <laughs> Crystalis is an action stroke RPG developed by SNK. End of first sentence. Second sentence. Many consider this game a cult classic that could actually sell much more if it weren't for a game that starts with a legend and ends up with something like Zelda. That's a sentence. This game could actually sell much more, viewers. It was released in 1990. He wrote this in 2011. But the game could sell much more if Zelda didn't have The Legend of Zelda in its name. Um, in a way, they are right. Chrysalis was completely overshadowed by the Zelda frenzy, even though it's a far better title than some of the other games. Now, I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna do something here. Oh, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Crystalis, 1990. Legend of Zelda, 1987. So, Zelda was huge. Zelda was big. But three years later, we had already had Zelda 2 come out. Um, Zelda 2... I like Zelda 2. It's got its problems, but I like Zelda 2. But I don't think that people looked at Crystalis and Zelda 2 and said, I know which one I'm getting, and picked Zelda 2. Um, at least for playability. I mean, I think once they played them, they're like, oh yeah. I, I got this. Anyway. Uh, delete, delete, delete. However, I fail to see why people love it so much. Crystalis has some great, for the time, innovations. It is a solid hack and slash adventure title, but it also has some very serious flaws that prevented me from worshipping it like most people do. Um, I don't quite know what the innovations were in 1990 that SNK put into Crystalis. I've played it. I've seen it. Let's play it a couple times. Um, let's, let's break this down a bit. Story 6.8 out of 10, presentation 5 out of 10. I could rate the plot of Crystalis a lot better because it's one of the few NES games that actually had a plot. You know, no games on the NES had a plot. None of them. Zelda didn't, Mario didn't, Mega Man didn't, uh, Battletoads didn't, Abadox didn't, Zexies didn't, Willow didn't, The Magic of Sherazade didn't. Um, Adventure Island didn't. None of them had plots. Only this game. 
Um, the problem how the game moves on, leaving the hyphen actually average hyphen plot behind. Well, yeah. No, the plot is not super amazing. It's pretty good. It's a lot better than he's giving it credit for. Um, but yeah, the intro is probably the best part of the game, and also uh, this is not hyphenated. The intro is probably the best part of the game, comma, parenthesis, and also looks good, parenthesis, comma. Don't think you have to comma it if you're going to parenthesis it. Or vice versa. Since we learned that after a great destruction stroke war, the world was nearly destroyed. So now what's left of humanity tries to survive in a post-apocalyptic world filled with fierce mutated monsters. I think that's supposed to be filled, not field. Or maybe it's a post-apocalyptic world field. Mmm. 3D, 3D world runner. Uh, people have built a high-tech tower in the sky to prevent any future disasters. Evil Warlord comes forward and starts wreaking havoc to the already half-ruined worlds, and the hero of the game wakes up from a cryogenic sleep and try to stop him. Now the game starts quite good throughout Crystal, the plot takes a backseat, leaving you to do certain simple stuff in order to get stronger, but never really learn anything special about the world to try to save. So while the game starts quite good, it soon becomes a kill-the-bad-guy RPG. You know, no games... No games have plots and villains. No games have plots and villains. Um, I remember the game being very, very plot-driven, and all of these certain simple stuff you have to do in order to get stronger, it's pretty much like, no, there's a thing you have to get before you can do the other thing. This is called making the game longer. Um, people like that in a game. People like paying, you know, $30 for a game and it not taking 20 minutes. Uh, looking at you, Dragon Spirit. Um, so, yeah. I, okay. Uh, gameplay, 4.5 out of 10. Replay, 1 out of 10. Crystalis is like any other top-down Zelda-type action RPG adventure game. It, hold on. Hold on. Um, game is a better Hack and slash. better. And... I'm confused. Um, it focuses mainly on the action portion of the game. You know, Zelda didn't do that. Magic of Sherazad didn't do that. Uh, Willow didn't do that. I'm, I'm naming these because these are all on the games you may like side of the page. Like Zelda 2 wasn't about the action. Zelda 1 even was not about the action. It was about the exploring. Well, I mean, there's action in all of those games. That's That's just not get into that, okay? Um, in fact, many people didn't like the adventuring part of the Zelda games. What? Name one. I don't know any of those people. You are making people up and then giving them bad taste in video games. Um, the game isn't exactly broken, although some bugs do exist. I'm just not going to tell you what any of them are. It's a relatively solid title with some good stuff to say about it, at least for the time it came out. First of all, there are tons of items to find, unlike the few items available in the first Zelda game. You remember how many items are in the first Zelda game? What, like 12? Yeah, I think there's 12 in this game, I think. Well, no, 12's just what's in the box. The usable items, there's like 16 items. And then if you want to count the Triforce, man, there's a ton of them. Um, first of all, there are tons of items. Like, However, none of them are really anything special. There are many swords. Yeah, the sword thing kind of bothered me. You can all... There are many swords, but you can... You can use, but the only real reason to swap between them is to kill enemies that can be killed only with one of them. A boring process that will drive you insane in dungeons with different kinds of enemies inside. Problem number two, your character moves a bit way too fast. I wanted to come back to this one specifically. A bit way too fast. Those are contradictions. Uh, you can't move a bit way too much something. You know what I mean? Heavy set thin guy, shortish tallish, lightish darkest hair. Uh, but yeah, he's right. Your character is a very large stride, we'll say. 
Um, problem with the game is extremely linear. Yeah, well, games do that. Um, no fun puzzles or anything special like in The Legend of Zelda. I can get past these problems, comma, parenthesis, sort of, parenthesis, comma. You don't need to do that. If only there wasn't another one which put the nail in the coffin for me, making me stop playing it for a completion, something that I really, what's the problem? Grinding. I can agree that the grinding in this game is a little ridiculous, but I also have played the first Dragon Warrior game and maxed out my level in it legitimately. So I don't really see that it's too bad in this game. I do understand the idea behind making it impossible for you to kill certain enemies until you get to a certain level because you are not strong enough to hurt them. Um, back to the Dragon Warrior example, it's like trying to fight a scorpion when you're level 2. You are going to die. End of story. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of grinding. It does take a lot of time. It's in there for a reason. It's just not a super good reason. Okay. And yeah, it makes the game longer, but not in a fun way. Graphics 7.2, design 6.8. The game starts with the wonderful and almost cinematic, comma, parenthesis for its time, parenthesis, comma. Uh, for its time intro, then you see your hero, comma, parenthesis, who looks like a heroine to say the truth, parenthesis, comma, emerging from a wonderfully designed sci-fi cryo chamber. Oh, that was one sentence. Let me read that all again. And I will include, so you can see it in your mind, I will include the formatting that that uh, Officeil has used here. The game starts with a wonderful and almost cinematic, comma, parenthesis, for its time, parenthesis, comma, intro, then you see your hero, comma, parenthesis, who looks like a heroine, to say the truth, parenthesis, comma, emerging from a wonderfully designed sci-fi cryo chamber. Whew. Crystalis shows you from the very start it's a very good looking game with its nice and big sprites and colorful worlds. Small problem, most areas and creatures are nicely designed, they lack character. Pigmen and forests. Pigman, pigman and forest. Excuse me. Pigmen ampersand forests. Swamps, word and insects. Mountains, word and golems. Insects, word and cave. But then you got the commas right there. Good looking, but blunt and forgettable, of course, is my usual nitpicking. The game looks very good. You, well, you're like nitpicking on everything else. Why is it okay to nitpick on graphics, but nothing else? Sound 6.8, music 5.2. Sound effects are just fine. What you would expect from a NES game of its time or nothing more. The, the music, however, was a big disappointment. I don't understand that. Some of the music is terrible. I will agree. But, like, that first field music? That is some good music. And the level up? little fanfare is really good. I don't understand. Simply monotonous themes that were not only boring to listen to but get annoying too fast because of their length, which I think never passed the 20 to 30 seconds threshold. I'm not sure about that. Could be, maybe. Um, Pros has a better plot than most NES games, I, but then you stay, it turns into just a plot takes a back seat. Uh, solid action RPG with many items to find, except Zelda had more. Good graphics, but you called them... You called them blunt and forgettable. Every one of your pros has a con that you have listed. Um, here. Okay, pros has a better plot than most NES games. That's the first pro. The first con, the plot takes a backseat through the game. Um, boring and repetitive music. Boring grinding. Need to reach certain level to move on. Movement way too fast. And then also play Castlevania, the GBA series. I don't know what he means by that. I didn't think there was a series of Cal like Castlevania 3 GBA, like Mega Man, or does he mean like um, Harmony of Dissonance and Circle of the Moon and all that? I don't know, probably. Golden Axe Warrior for the Master System. I don't know about that one. Uh, overall, 5.4 out of 10. Crystalis's Cult Magic never touched me, but I might. In my opinion, it is just a solid action stroke RPG of its era that needed a bit more polishing to become enjoyable. But you know, cult stuff only appeal to some people, viewers. Maybe I just happen not to be one of them. Maybe you happen not to be. Alright, let's let's test his math here. 6.8 plus 5 plus 4.5 plus 1. 7.2. Whoa! Too much. Six point eight. Ah, my my ten key skills are not strong as they used to be. 
43.3 out of 246. Divided by 6. 1, 2, 3, 4. Oh, divided by 8. Excuse me. Yeah, he, his math is legit. 5.4125. I just, I don't... I think I could sum this whole review up just with his pros and cons lists. Here's all the things I liked about the game, but just ignore that everything I mentioned in this list I mentioned something negative about previously. Or soon I will mention something. It has a better plot than most NES games, but the plot takes a backseat throughout the game. Hmm, I don't know. Let's read the other one. By Inot. Crystalis. This crystal is a little cloudy. Crystalis is Veyer popular. V-E-Y-R. Veyer popular. Fun to play game. Great, but definitely not deserving a good review. Well, let's just... I think we're on the right track. Graphics question mark? 5 out of 10. The graphics are decent. The graphics are decent. Decent, yeah. The graphics are decent. Characters and terrain are made rather well. Monsters, too. Too bad they chose such a horrible combination of colors for not only the main character, but a lot all other things in the game as well. Color tells you a lot, you know. Blue is water, <laughs> red is fire. But certain colors shouldn't be put together in ways that hurt the eyes the way they are in this game. Also, I say the graphics are made well, but details are scarce. Everything looks like something out of a two-year-old's toy box. I'm a NES-only gamer. No high-tech systems here, but these sprites lack quality. Also, there's way too much sprite overload slowdown. Not good. And the angle of view is awkward. Sound? Question mark. 7 out of 10. This is a good soundtrack. Not too repetitive. Good musician. The music captures the mood nicely. Too bad the sound effects are all distorted and sound like crap. And I mean the music instruments as well as the action sounds. Bad effects. However, the action effects symbolize the events rather well. Crystalline sound of water solidifying when you freeze a path over water, etc. Play control? 3 out of 10. I don't like the fact that just because you are concentrating energy into your sword means you should be slowed down any. The item screen makes you use an item you selected even if you didn't need it. There are glitches in the game that let you get past certain spots. Movement is also too fast and awkward. Plot? 5 out of 10. This is a sort of good plot, but nothing special or original. It's the future. There is magic. There is post-apocalypse. There are mutants. Crystalis! There is post-apocalypse. Crystalis might have been one of the first games to use this idea, but it's not the first I've seen use it. But at least there is a plot, and at least it was sort of worked on. The introduction of this big, strange Aztec guy, is this the right game? Do I got the right game here? Is the only thing of note. Replayability? 5 out of 10. I would give an 8 to a game I am willing to play when I am sitting there saying, what do I want to play? And it often comes to mind. I would give a 10 to a game I usually want to play when I turn on my console. A 6 to a game I might think of playing one more time when my eyes pass over it while I'm searching for something to play. But to this game, a 5. I will probably only play it once in a great while for some nostalgic reason. It just takes too long, even with save feature. And the plot doesn't intrigue me too greatly. Also, after finishing the game, I wasn't too up for doing it again. Total overall score, 5. This game is just average. Nothing too great about it. Crystalis. This crystal is a little cloudy. A crystalis review by iNot. Let's check his math. 5 and 7 and 3 and 5 and 5. Boom. One, two, three, four, five. five. Oh, wow. Two people using proper math. Great job. You did a great job, Hamstray. Um, so uh, there's a few interesting. Crystalis is a very popular fun-to-play game. Great, but definitely not deserving a good review. But then it's just like the only thing he complained about was play control. Everything else is pretty average except sound got a really good. And completely different from, um, what's, what's your name? I forgot you already. Officil. Completely different from Officil's review. Uh, Officil said the sounds are great and the music sucked. This guy said the music's great and the sound sucked. A bad sound, but good for the, you know, situation. Um, graphics are decent. Characters trained in Mother Melwain. Monster 2, they're such a horrible combination of colors for not only the main character. Well, well I, see, here's what I think about that. I, I agree having a pink main character is a little strange, but I don't think at any other time in the game are you going to run into a background where it's going to be hard to see yourself on. I think that was probably part of the decision for that. 
Um, there are instances where it's like, oh my goodness, what the hell were they thinking with this color palette? Sometimes that makes a lot of sense because like we're going to have a blue character and he's going to go underwater and it's going to be the blue show starring blue uh, with our special guest Teal. Um, yeah, some of you got that. Uh, but this time, yeah, I mean, you're on, you're in caves, you're in mountains, you're in swamps, you're in forests, and you are pink, and it's always super easy to see you, and you know where you are at all times. Not a bad choice, I don't think. Blue is fire. Color tells you a lot, you know. <laughs> I loved that part. Said, Let me tell you about color. It tells you a lot. Blue is water. Red is fire. Red is danger or beef if it's a bullion cube. Some, some of you got that one too. Certain colors shouldn't be put together in ways that hurt the eyes the way they are in this game. I'm not going to give you any examples. Also, I say the graphics are well made, but the details are scarce. Everything looks like something out of a two-year-old's toy box. I, I'm a I'm a NES-only gamer. No high-tech systems here, but these sprites lack quality. Also, there's way too much sprite overload slowdown. Not good, and the angle of view is awkward. Okay, so... If you don't want as much slowdown, which this game does have a lot, it cr crams a lot on screen sometimes, like Kirby level amounts of stuff. Um, one way to make that better is to not use overly complicated sprites. Let me let me explain something to you. You want the game to run well. You want it to look good. You got to make a trade-off somewhere. If you want it to look amazing, it's not going to run as nice. If you want it to run really great, it's probably not going to look as good. This, I think, was a good good balance of that. Uh, the angle of view is awkward. Uh, maybe a little? I don't I don't ever really recall playing through the game and thinking, wow, if, if only my omniscient third-person eye of God here was eight degrees higher. I don't, I don't recall that being a problem. This is a good soundtrack, not too repetitive. Good musician. You did good, musician. Music captures the mood nicely. Too bad the sound effects are distorted and sound like crap. I don't know if they're distorted or sound like crap. I, I don't think they were distorted. Pretty sure they didn't sound like crap. Instruments as well. The action sound bad effects. However, the action symbolizes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like the fact that just because you're concentrating energy into your sword means you should be slowed down any. You know, it's not like you're thinking of something else. Item screen makes you use an item you selected even if you didn't need it. I'm not sure about that one either. Glitches in the game let you get past certain spots. Movement is also too fast and awkward. I, you're giving me things, but you're not telling me examples. So I can't really... I don't know of any of these glitches you're talking about. Movement being fast and awkward, yeah. Plot, sort of good plot, but nothing special original. Here's the tagline for the game again. It's the future. There is magic. There is post-apocalypse. There are mutants. It speaks for itself, right? Crystalis might have been one of the first games to use this idea, but it is not the first I've seen use it. So that to me says he could have played a game in 2007 before he ever played Crystalis. Of course, no modern systems. No high-tech, fancy-schmancy graphics. NES only. Keep that in mind. Uh, but at least there is a plot. At least it was sort of worked on. The introduction of this big, strange Aztec guy. This is where it got weird. The introduction of this big, strange Aztec guy. Parenthesis. Is this the right game? Question mark. Do I got the right game here? Question mark. Parenthesis. Is the only thing of note. that He doesn't even remember. I don't remember there being an Aztec guy in this game. Uh, maybe you're thinking of Star Tropics? I don't know. Replayability, he goes into this whole rating system about how he rates games, then he says, I'll give this one a five. Plot doesn't intrigue me too greatly. Also, after finishing the game, I wasn't too up for doing it again. The game is just average, nothing too great. Oh yeah, this was originally posted and updated May 4th in 2000. Five out of ten. Uh, which was your favorite review of Crystalis viewers? Inot or Officil? Let me know.
Hey Jason and hello viewers, or I guess in this case, hello listeners. Um, just calling in. Uh, this is Ragnath. If you haven't figured it out by my excellent reading, uh, just calling in because, as some of you or possibly all of you may know, I am going to be away from civilization for the next few weeks. Uh, civilization being the internet and my computer. So, um, I have already set up Shimigami Tensei Nocturne to get onto our YouTube, but it probably won't be getting onto the site. It might be. We'll see what we can do. Uh, but nothing. I won't be working on any Will I Spawn for a bit. Hopefully I'll be able to catch up with everything once everything is not going crazy. Until then, folks, Hope you all have a good one, and see you next time. Bye. Hey, Doc. It hurts when I do that. So what does the Doc say? Don't do that, you fool. Our lead story, news of the weird. Rondell Bush, 27, was in serious condition after being shot on July 26 near the corner of 18th Street and Emmett Street in Omaha, Nebraska. He was also shot in 2014 around the intersection of 18th and Emmett, and in 2012 was shot in a scuffle after running from the corner of 18th and Emmett. Nature is trying to tell you something. The entrepreneurial spirit failed European business models, ladies and gentlemen. The Grand Hotel Calogero, the planned centerpiece of a Sicilian tourist renaissance, is still nowhere close to opening. 61 years after construction began. It took 30 years to build, but then developers fought for 10 years over its management, and only later was a serious drainage deficiency discovered, repair of which Rome's new site, the local, reported in July, remains unfunded. Construction of the ultra-modern Don Quixote Airport in Cuidad Real, Spain, about an hour from Madrid, was finished in 2006, but the $1 billion facility never opened, and in July it was sold to a Chinese investor for the equivalent of $11,000. And your bonus, a literary history, fictional character Don Quixote was himself noted for delusions of grandeur. Uh... There's a story somewhere of another airport, I think in Belgium, that is so bad that basically in the Belgium Saturday Night Live, there was a skit about the plane having to land there and people contemplating, should we just die instead? Unclear on the concept, overlooked by the roundup of state fair foods listed in News of the, we in the, News of the Weird two weeks ago was the debut in June at California's San Diego's County Fair of the deep-fried Slim Fast Bar. A 200-calorie diet bar is breaded in pancake batter, fried, dusted with powdered sugar, and drizzled with chocolate. And it still tastes like crap. A woman in the suburb of Beijing filed a lawsuit against the China Dragon Garden Graveyard recently over her shock to find that not only was her own name affixed to a headstone in gold lettering, but about half of the 600 plots were eerily marked for prominent and still living people to move into. It was a marketing plan, according to cemetery workers, to convince customers of the upscale neighbors, such as basketball star Yao Ming, waiting for them in the afterlife. China's aging population and Beijing's land scarcity have driven up prices, intensifying competition and corrupt practices, according to a Los Angeles Times-Dispatch. Does it cost more to be buried if you're really tall? The continuing crisis, ladies and gentlemen, the Texas Highest Criminal Appeals Court agreed on July 17th, hours before Clifton Williams was to be executed, to postponement until they considered the significance of perhaps faulty higher math presented to his jury in 2006. Prosecutors had claimed at his trial that the likelihood of another black man having Williams' DNA profile was 1 in 43 sextillion which is 43 followed by 21 zeros or 43 billion trillion. Texas officials have recently recalculated the FBI developed database and concluded that 
it was somewhat more likely that a second black man had Williams' profile. One in only 40 billion trillion. Mm-hmm. See, that's a difference of three billion trillion. You don't mess with numbers like that. Big numbers. Uh, huh? Jason Patterson, upset that New Zealand's healthcare administration had rejected paying for gastric bypass surgery, announced in July that he will protest publicly by going on a hunger strike. The first two or three days will be really hard, he told Channel 3 News. I'm not going to do a New Zealand accent. I don't even know. The first two or three days will be really hard, he told Channel 3 News. Local officials in China's Xinjiang region informed Muslim shopkeepers and restaurateurs that in May they will henceforth be required to sell alcohol and cigarettes, even though Islam forbids their consumption. An official told Radio Free Asia that the government aims to weaken religion. Radio Free Asia. Cutting edge science. Some owners may be petting their cats all wrong. Oh no, as a cat person, I am distressed. Cautioned research, uh, cautioned recent research in issues of the journal Applied Animal Behavior Science by scientists from University of Lincoln in England and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. For example, felines seem to prefer face caressing, especially between the eyes and ears, and are especially aroused negatively by tail petting, especially at the base. Cats appear to be pickier about how their owners pet them than strangers, according to a Washington Post review of one article. The Wisconsin research revealed that cats better appreciate or or are annoyed less by music written especially for their pitch, an octave higher, and tempo, mimicking purring, than traditional classical music. I just yell at my cats and beat them, so I don't no problem there. Oopsie! Careless governing! Maine enacted legislation in July to make immigrant asylum seekers eligible for the state's general assistance fund. Contrary to Governor Paul LePage's aggressive promise to veto the bill, the governor had misunderstood state law and believed legislation would be regarded as vetoed if he merely failed to sign it for 10 days. LePage appeared stunned on the 11th day, according to press reports, that he had had the veto law backward and that asylum seekers are now eligible for benefits. This is Paul LePage of Maine, one of the most... Never mind. (laughs) Not a nice man. Uh, News reports from Georgetown, Texas, politely did not identify the councilman by name, but Mayor Pro Term Rachel Jonro confirmed that the man neglected to turn off his mobile microphone during a May meeting as he excused himself for a restroom break. John Rowe said she stoically ignored the men's room sounds on the PA system until the noise from a toilet's flushing seemed to release the council members' pent-up laughter. And epic clumsiness. I, that last story could have got another one. A guest at the upscale W Hotel in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Florida is in these every week. Have you noticed that? And just the W Hotel. A guest, anyway, had to be rescued by firefighters in July when he fell off of one machine in the hotel's exercise room and got his head caught in the one next to it. Rescuers arrived with torches and saws, but managed to pull and push and manipulate the man's head free, though he had, quote, significant, unquote, injuries. And a 27-year-old man entertaining friends at his home in Colmar, France, on the country's National Day in July 14th, suffered serious injuries when he fell from his third-floor balcony while, said his friends, leaning over to spit on police officers below. Some friends, the aristocrats, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Crawford, 68, was arrested when he arrived in Phoenix in July, expecting, according to the sheriff's office, to have sex with a horse. Crawford had allegedly posted an online ad seeking horse owners who would allow him access for brief flings. In arranging the meeting with the undercover deputy, Crawford had volunteered that he would be bringing five shirts with him for the horse to urinate on as memories of the trip. Least competent criminals, we're just gonna not even talk about that. Irresistible self-promotion from Jason Stang, 44, who became a fugitive last year by walking away from a Spokane, Washington halfway house while on probation for bank robbery, was re-arrested in July in Olympia, Washington after featuring himself in an extensive newspaper pictorial about a local movie he was starring in. 
Stang could not have chosen a more veiled stage name, but since it was a horror movie, billed himself merely as Jason Strange, making detection easier for U.S. Marshals. From now on, that is what we will be calling this show. I hope you enjoy the last episode of Electric Leftovers, and we'll see you next week on the Jason Strange Show. Update! Early, earlier, even, even, uh, earlier, even, oddly enough, first two words of the story. Earlier, even Norway's world-friendliest prison system had refused to honor the educational rehabilitation demands of Anders Bering Breivik, the mass murder of 71, mostly children, at a camp in 2011. Breivik had been sentenced to 21 years in prison, the country's maximum, or less than four months per victim, but he was subsequently turned down when he sought to register behind bars as a political science student at Oslo University. However, in July, prison officials relented and allowed him will allow him the enrollment, although he will still be subject to his prison's restrictions against internet and email use. That's going to make homework difficult. And classic... Going all the way back to 2010 and 2009, traffic accident, retired Montgomery County, Maryland. County Judge Edwin Collier and his wife, both in their 80s, were severely injured by driver Rene Fernandez, 45, who pleaded guilty to DUI-caused injury, 2010. Judge Collier had met Fernandez earlier in 1998 when Fernandez appeared in his courtroom to answer for his three DUI-related arrests in the previous three-month period. But Judge Collier let him off with probation instead of a more meaningful punishment that might have had greater effect on his future DUI behavior. 2010, the judge gave Fernandez 18 months.
Uh, thank you, thank you, everybody and every people who was in the room. Uh, it's really been great to borrow your head for a little while and to uh, digitally force my voice into your ear holes. Uh, my name is Jason. This has been Electric Leftovers. Music from today's show is from the excellent, excellent soundtrack to that excellent, excellent video game, Beautiful Joe. With which, by the way, you can actually find Let's Plays of on the website. Yeah, first two games, Beautiful Joe 1 and 2. Yeah, go check them out. Just saying, you yeah, maybe you should oughta. Uh, thanks everybody who called in to the Hotmail. The Hotmail. The Hotline. Oh, hotmail. Remember Hotmail? So great. To the Hotline and left messages and all of your uh, suggestions for segments of the show. If you've got any of them, leave them at the website, leave them here, leave them in the voicemail. Uh, email me, jason at lowbiasgaming.net. Um, yeah, and, uh, we'll see you around. Okay, thanks, bye!